DDG episode 13. A little late again uh, for our live streamers on twitch.tv slash digitaldaysgaming, but uh, we had some technical issues that actually required us to just kind of change up how we're doing stuff, and I'm pretty much done with Skype in general. <laughs> yeah, finally. Finally, we're done. <laughs> yeah. So if you're watching, I think that the video quality for Michael might be looking a little better because we're using a different video source, so you guys can look at his... Uh, Utter beauty even more in, in higher definition now. Yeah, so. ungelled hair and all right now. <laughs> um, but we're recording on Tuesday, uh, January 21st? Yes. Yes, okay. Uh, instead of our typical Sunday. Um, but just because we went to sit down and record on Sunday, and we just had massive issues of, like, I couldn't get Skype to open. And then when I finally got it to open, I couldn't see Michael, and, 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 he, and he couldn't see me, and it just wasn't fun. So we just said... Forget it. And then we started exploring other options for means to move forward with the podcast in a much uh, Skype-free mode. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and usually when we late, when we wait, um, some other things come up. So a few more things came up yesterday, but nothing crazy. Um, but again, we are Digital Days Gaming. We do live uh, live stream the show on Twitch, uh, like I mentioned before, twitch.tv slash digitaldaysgaming. And we're also on pretty much every podcast service that I am aware of. Um, if there is a service that we are not on and that you guys use, uh, just let Michael know and he'll find it. He's gotten, he got really good at that last couple months. So. Yeah. Um, and if you could, if your services allow you to um, leave a review or share the show, please do so. Cause the goal is just to get more people to listen to the show, um, watch it, listen to it, uh, any of the past broadcasts, YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash digital days gaming. Um, and then if you enjoy the content, there are multiple ways that you can support us. Like I just mentioned, just sharing the show is the most important thing. Um, you know, just a lot of them have the share it on Facebook for us, share it on Twitter, whatever you're using, um, just to share to let other people know. Maybe somebody on your list is looking for something and they'll find it. Uh, the other thing that you can do is that we are a Twitch affiliate, so you can subscribe to us on Twitch. Uh, if you have Twitch Prime, you can use your monthly subscription on that. A lot of you have done that, and this is a right around the two-month anniversary, I guess, or three-month anniversary. Um, so just to keep in mind that your subscription does not auto-renew, so please just take a look at it. And if you want to use it on us again this month, we would appreciate it. If not, and you want to use it on us in another month, like that's cool too. Um, and if you want to do just a paid sub, you can do that, and we would appreciate that as well. And then finally, we have uh, patreon.com slash digitaldaysgaming, where there's a couple tiers in there that allow you some extra rewards, Discord access, early access to the podcast, bonus uh, bonus episodes, um, strictly for uh, our Patreon supporters. Uh, so let us know. And if there's some other thing that you want to see us try to do, please just send it to us. Uh, you can tweet at us at digitaldayspod. All right, I'm going to throw it over to Michael for uh, Delaygate. Oh my god, yeah. So <laughs> usually when the New Year starts, we get a ton of delays. It's nothing crazy, but I feel like this has just been a little bit of extra. Uh, the it felt first... like one company did it, and then everybody else is like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, like some companies were more strategic of like, okay, we can push back a month so we're out of the chaos, and then it turned out that chaos is now in September. Um, so the first set of delays, I, I might have the timeline off a little bit, but the first set of delays came from Square Enix. They delayed Final Fantasy VII Remake from March 3rd to now an April 10th release date, which people immediately were like, fuck, a week before Cyberpunk, a month before Avengers. Um, and 
then Square Enix delayed Avengers from May to September. So Square Enix basically just pushing all their stuff, which would have probably counted for like their their Q4. Mm-hmm. Um, they pushed that stuff to September right on the border of the new consoles, which is going to be interesting how they're going to handle that. A lot of these games I got delayed are now going to be in that questionable, like, are they just going to do next gen uh, or, you know, both gen, uh, which is complicated because we got backwards compatible consoles coming out. So that, that's going to be the, the weird spin on how they're going to handle that. But uh, the delay from Square, uh, specifically with uh, Final Fantasy uh, was just they just needed just a little bit more time. Months not a ton of time, so it'll probably just be you know day one patch stuff. Avengers they just needed more time or wanted more time. They got it. Uh, Avengers, especially Avengers, I still feel like there's a, a a mystery on what type of game that's gonna end up being. Like it's a life service game, it's a co op based game, but just their monetization and their post game and and that's content. why i'm okay i'm okay with this delay for that game because it gives them more time to probably hopefully explain what's going on in yes, terms it, of is there going to be an i hate i hate saying this but in terms of a live service game the first thing that comes to mind is there going to be an, a quote unquote end game in avengers and you know like we that was my problem, you know, going back months ago when Anthem came out of, like, everybody's like, oh, you can do this. Okay, why? Like, mm-hmm. why? What for? Like, what am I chasing? And apparently we we understand that even from what I've seen, it doesn't appear that Avengers is a loot-based game at all. No, um, no. It it's, seems... a char- it's a character-based cooperative game. But what is going to be the reason for me to play the game you know 30 days after launch if i've already played through it is there going to be a reason for me to you know i let's say i get it at launch and you wait and you hear it's pretty good is there a viable reason for me to come back and help you other than just playing the game with my friend which is fun yeah is it just going to be a a new character is available how does that work when you release like a new character like say they go every month they release a new character everyone's going to want to play that new character. Are you going to allow to quadruple up on that new character in a map? Will that be boring doing that? There's a lot of questions they need to answer with their content. And this gives them more time. It gives them another E3. It gives them another Gamescom and Mm -hmm. TGS to explain that. And, you know, they'll probably be at San Diego Comic-Con because it's, you know, comic book stuff. And, hopefully we'll get a better picture for what they plan to do because like right now, like with the game, if the game was still coming out in May, I probably would wait a couple weeks, maybe a couple months to pick it up just to figure out what they're doing with it. Mm-hmm. If it's just a game that I'll play through once through the campaign and I could care less about the additional characters coming. Uh, hopefully now with more time, they can explain that and maybe they can turn someone like me who, probably wouldn't buy the game until like three months out to now maybe i can buy uh, i'll consider buying the game day one if i know exactly what i'm buying um but uh this wasn't the only delays um uh iron man vr got delayed from february 28th to may 15th uh all the developers are pretty uh the same on this stuff where it's just like they more polish time more more polish more polish more polish uh, so Iron Man VR, uh, which I didn't realize was coming out. I know we did like a uh, year preview, uh, but I immediately forgot about Iron Man and how close that yeah. was. 
I read some article later on this week, like getting kind of doing some show prep, and it listed like all the delays in this week, and it was in there, and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm interested in it. I have I have a PSVR now, so I'm I'm gonna want to play that. Um, but yeah, it basically is taking the old Avengers spot, which is kind of good. Uh, you know, it's like taking a May uh, release date now. Um, and then we have uh, the the big one, uh, the one that I. If you're on the internet, you either thought this was going to get delayed, or you were confident as hell because of the developers that it wasn't <laughs> going to get delayed. Uh, but CD Projekt Red had to delay Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, original date was April 16th. Now it is September 17th. Uh, of all the uh, press releases and stuff, uh, and you know all the information that came from these delays square was our uh, cyberpunk cd project red were probably the most straightforward um they they needed more time they didn't think that they were going to deliver the game that they promised and wanted to do and they even did like a, a q a with investors and all that stuff got released um they were asked about um is the development team required to put in crunch hours uh, from this? And they're just like, yep, to be honest, uh, we limit crunches as much as possible, but it's the final stage. We try to be reasonable in this regard, but yes, unfortunately, there's going to be crunch. Because a lot of people assume like, oh, cool, you're pushing the game back six months, so you don't have to crunch. And CD Projekt Red was like, no, it means we're going to crunch for six months now. Uh, they and... also pretty much said that the game is done. Yeah, they finished it the, two the... months ago. Yeah, but this is a lot of just hammering out like bugs and issues, which with the way that they build their games in terms of like possible branches or different scenarios that will happen, I can't imagine the bug, you know, the bug tree that they have like on a wall in their office or something. Yeah, no, it's probably really bad to try and figure out what bugs are worth it cuz you 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 always know about like developers that you know, there's like the known bugs that are okay to release the game with, uh, but when you have a game of this scale, I'm sure that list is gigantic, and they're going to try and squash as many bugs as possible. Uh, a lot of people disappointed with this. I was definitely disappointed because this was one of the games that I kind of like carved out, you know, like time already of just like, okay, when this game comes out, I'm probably going to take a week off or like a weekend off from work just so I can play this and enjoy this and i'm gonna have to move it to september and with a lot of these releases it's now am i picking it up on the ps4 or am i just gonna wait for the ps5 release two months down the line well the earnings the earnings calls yeah the earnings call said no next gen they, they're not making a next gen version they say that, but you know when the time comes, they're like, we listen to the fans, and here's an enhanced Right, version. but what about just what about just a patch? So, okay. So, like, I, um, I I was thinking about this the other day. I feel like the, you know, there's been all these rumors around the Series X and all these rumors around the PS5 and the backwards compatibility and, you know, like, we've been talking about Ghost of Tsushima and Cyberpunk and Watch Dogs and all these games, Avengers, that are coming out in the next six to seven months and the consoles are coming out in the next seven months. And um, the feeling that I have at this point in time is that instead of them essentially making a PS5 version and a PS4 version, is that they'll make the PS4 version and they'll release a patch, just like they did with the Pro, that when you put this disc in your PS5, it's just going to run better automatically. 
I, I can definitely see see a company like CD Projekt Red doing that just because they tend to spend a lot of times with their games tweaking stuff and doing, you know, like free content. So I can see some sort of like advancement if you put your PS4 copy into the PS5. So that I can totally see that being a thing. I don't see that thing being a thing for like a lot of developers, but if a company, I just think that the PlayStation, for the most part of the Xbox Series X, will kind of just do it natively. Do it natively, but uh, to a point though. Like there, there's only so much they can do. There is stuff that you have to do, like you have to code for. And if anyone's gonna do that, I would, I would put you know CD Projekt Red into one of those like categories of a developer that would put the extra effort into it because uh, like if you if, if you and i both buy um cyberpunk on the pc like i believe your pc is stronger than mine yeah so your pc experience you'll have the same game you'll download the same things but it'll just run better natively yeah but it's developed to take advantage of different tools technically the consoles have never had to think of that in, in terms of development uh, so th- there is enough time now that, you know, uh, com- companies could put that into the code now of just like, Hey, if they have the new console here, are the specs of the new console, which may or may not be even locked down just yet because, you know, everyone's working off dev kits. But how different do you expect them to be the PS? Like a, how different do you expect the PS4 pro to be from a PS5 other than like solid state, which seems to be the only thing that we're hearing about is better load times. Uh, I mean, it depends on how uh, how the architecture is built. Like, there could be enough differences that they, you know, they're they're going to need to do specific work for to do it, and then they need to weigh the balance of like, is it worth putting the extra effort into it? Because there's going to be enough differences that it's not as simple just you know throw it in and then download uh, the latest patch. There there needs to be some work in put into that, or at least if that patch is a thing that they would have to put effort into the patch. And yeah, I mean, like, Pal- Palmer's resources. asking, yeah, Palmer in chat's asking, like, over-under on Watch Dogs being delayed. It's already been delayed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that that was delayed to, like, they didn't even put a date on that, right? It's just no, like they just said before. it's not coming out. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of like our next uh, delay to talk about, which is the, the, the last uh, big delay that I found. There might be more. Uh, even by the time we were like release the audio for this podcast um <laughs> dying light 2 got like probably one of the uh, scarier type of delays uh it was already just had a vague march 2020 date uh but now it's just delayed like indefinitely there's no release date no quarter window nothing it's just hey we're still working on this um it's in development for PS4, PC, Xbox One. You know how many E3s has this game been at? How many times have you seen this? Uh t- twice. Three? I think. I think. I I th- think it's been at like three threes. I've saw it twice, and I think like Josh saw it the other time. Uh, but yeah, this has been in development for a while, and the Dying Light game was still getting like content updates. The first one was still getting content updates like a year ago um yeah but yeah this is... no i mean they're still they're still supporting that game but it's kind of getting to the point now where i'm just like like when i saw that i was like really yeah uh it's kind of kind of crazy like this will probably be at another e3 
Um, but uh, but this is one that uh, apparently was always planned, uh, according to the Polygon article, to be a cross-gen game. So this one will they'll have no issues releasing, you know, PS5, Xbox One versions of this game. So this is just, you know, this scares me, you know, like, because when, when they don't even put, like, a window on it, like, I, I have faith in Techland because they care about this IP, uh, but it's been so long since the first game, and how many people are going to really care about it? I mean, unless they delay this to, like, 2021, because I was already worried about this game coming out, in spring 2020 with the other games that was releasing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was going to be, I mean, dying light set the standard of a large game too, like a, mm-hmm. a, a significant time commitment, not even like, I don't even really consider it. I mean, I guess it's a live service game, but in terms of just things to do and things to work on and, you know, like whether it's like, I think the game has like weekly challenges or monthly things. And, and, and it's got like an interesting grind to it of doing things differently at night than during the day. Um, it's definitely not my style of game that I've I've watched some streams of it. It's not something that like really grabs my interest. But again, just because it doesn't grab my interest doesn't mean that I don't necessarily pay attention or respect what the game is doing. And what they've been able to do, like that other expansion they released, was like ridiculously large. Yeah, they they put a ton of effort in the first game and clearly care about this as a franchise. I I was just worried about this getting lost in the shuffle. Um. Now, you know, the, the games that, you know, technically could have avoided were, are now delayed to a new window that it could get lost in the shuffle with. Um, but I, this sounds like the current rumors are that this is just going to be like a 2021 game, which I guess would probably benefit it again, just to get out of the mm-hmm. way of some of the bigger games that were now just pushed back to the holiday. Um, but... I mean, I almost feel like this is kind of the reverse of PS3 to PS4. Like, there wasn't a lot coming to the PS3 the last six or seven months of its life. Mm-hmm. You know, in 360 as well. Um, but then now it's like, there are it's potentially, you know, like, we're looking at, we're talking about five or six Game of the Year possible contenders. Yeah, that will be on the previous generation. Without any, without knowing any next gen launch confirmed next gen launch titles yet and well i mean i guess xbox's next gen launch titles aren't are going to be stuff that works on the on the xbox one as well so yeah uh it the the legs for the current generation ps4 xbox one is probably going to be like the longest we've seen before uh just because there are so many of those consoles out there that developers are probably going to push it the backwards compatible thing is going to kind of give them an excuse uh, in terms of just like, hey, you know, just we'll just put out a copy of the game and it'll work. Well, and there's still a hundred million PS4s out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and active and users. probably more and probably we haven't heard the recent number yet, but I would think that that number for Xbox Xbox Ones is probably creeping closer to two, if not above fifty mil already by now. Oh yeah, no, it, I. But would... if not, maybe even closer to seventy. But they're just not saying it because it looks terrible compared to Sony's number. So they've just given yeah. up talking about that. Yeah, they they just stopped talking about it. They're 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 happy enough with their numbers, but yeah, there there's there's too many of these consoles out there that are probably active, you know, players out there you know on the consoles it's not like the wii situation where there's like 150 million wii's out there but active people playing it were really low um 
we're going to probably see the PS4, Xbox One supported probably like two years into the next generation. And not just with Madden and FIFAs, just because like 2021, we'll probably have a bunch of games, you know, like a Dying Light 2 and maybe a couple other games that end up getting delayed. Yeah, so it it reminded me. Um, we I don't know if we even talked about it other than when we talked about the logo, but uh, at CES, Sony when they released the PS5 logo did put an image up of PS4 users, which was 106 million systems sold, um, one uh, 1.15 billion pieces of software sold, five million VR sold, which is a really good attach rate for that expensive of an of a uh, an accessory, and then like to your point. A one, 103 million monthly active users. Yeah. So that means that even if they're just, even if they're watching Hulu or something on it, they're turning their PlayStation on. Mm-hmm. And and then 38.8 million of those people have PlayStation Plus. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, and the, the the backwards compatibility thing is just going to give developers, you know, like more of saying an excuse sounds bad, but it gives them, you know, more yeah. reason to. But they know the this people. hardware already. Yeah, they know how to develop software for this. And like I said, if you can just make a if a, if you know Dying Light gets pushed until September, and you can buy it on PS4 and play it, and then you pre-order your next gen console, and you, you can just put it in your console, and like we mentioned, maybe that it just runs even a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or it has a more stable frame rate. Like, why would Dying Light need to develop another version of the game? No, yeah, they 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 would have no reason to. It's a, it's a and then why would CD Projekt Red? You know, like I I don't know. Like you know, back I I remember having that conversation with Stuart Gilray years ago before the PlayStation Four Pro came out, and he made it sound like from a development standpoint of. A lot of the, a lot of times, like on a scale of one to ten, like ten obviously being like the perfect scenario for them to develop a game, they maybe develop the 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 initial development of the game is around a seven or an eight, and then when they start trying to make it work on a console, on their scale, it might get down to like a five or a six. Mm-hmm. So they may be able to just you know keep working on this and then make it fit on you know on the current gen consoles and then release the patch to to bump it up some more. Yeah, the only thing that would stop you know developers from continuing to support the 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 current gen is retail space uh you know stores only have certain amount of space that they can have and i i you know when i worked at target a new console would come out we would get that previous gen it would get smaller and smaller then it'll become an end cap then it's just like one single shelf in a department and then eventually we just stop getting you know ps3 games uh, Wii games uh wii u games that would be the only thing to stop people is the shelf space, uh, depending on how fast, you know, it, we get games and how many games we get for the, the next gen, uh, how well they sell. Uh, yeah, but I, I think that, that that leads more to what I'm hoping is going to happen because that also would lead to skew confusion at Christmas. No, grandma exactly. Walking, yeah, grandma walking into a store knowing that they want watchdogs. Their son wants, their grandson wants watchdogs. Do they buy the the PS5, the PS4, do they, you know, which version do they buy? Do they remember which one they're, you know, versus one disc that will work on both? And then there's just no question about it. It's just, I need, I need Watch Dogs for PlayStation. Okay, here you go. Well, that that would be, you know, the, uh, a good move too, is just the, you know, label things PlayStation, just it says PlayStation, like, hey, this is just going to work on a PlayStation console. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, if, they do that that could lead to confusion with people buying a ps5 game that 
they can't work on a PS4. So there's a lot of things that need to be figured out, and it's going to make retail life hell uh, for those at, at, at places that sell video games still mm-hmm. uh, until they can figure out what direction to go. Uh, but yeah, the, the shelf life of the current-gen consoles, it's going to be a little, little longer than uh, previously. Yeah, because uh, Borderlands did it. Um, when they released their Game of the Year edition, they released a... Uh, and the Handsome Jack collection, they just released a 4K texture pack that you could mm. only download if you had the Pro. Yeah. Like, it only worked on the on the PS4 Pro. And I think on the Xbox One X. But that that was them just saying, here's the thing that you need to make it run better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe we get some texture packs for PS5. You know, Me, something yeah. to that extent. So. Yeah, I, I could totally see something like that. Um, but yeah, that that's it for the delays. There'll probably be more delays coming up. No, um, that's all. Just just those like those five. <laughs> just those five. Uh, <laughs> Animal Crossing is still coming out. Like every time there's been a delay, I'm just like, fuck Nintendo. Like take advantage of this. <laughs> release Animal Crossing. Make people happy. It's a game that will last a really long time to keep people distracted until their game comes out. Please don't delay Animal Crossing. It's the only one left that I I, I care about. Uh, it's yeah. coming out the next couple months. So yeah, and then uh, based on that earnings call with CD Projekt Red as well, they talked about the crunch, like you'd mentioned, and then they also said like their multiplayer, whatever it is, isn't happening until like 2022. Yeah, late 2021. Like, Which sounds crazy, right? To release a game in 2020 and then like a hey, multiplayer is you know one maybe two years down the road. It worked for Grand Theft Auto, but we 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 don't really know what the multiplayer for this game even is going to look like yeah it, it worked for grand theft auto which is the one but i also would think that it didn't work for red dead because i'm not really hearing a lot about red dead's multiplayer. no no yeah but red dead also had the problem of like how do you do what you did with grand theft auto 5 with a western right um but they didn't figure that out um but let's move on to uh the last story that i found uh which made me very happy um <laughs> So Ubisoft is revamping their editorial team. Uh, the story comes from Video Games Chronicles, um, and they are revamping their editorial team to, uh, to make games more unique. So apparently, how Ubisoft works, which I didn't really know, is they have like a centralized team in Paris that are basically the designers for all their studios, which is why the Ubisoft games kind of, you know, you hear the joke of like the, the towers in Ubisoft, you know, you climb something, you know, clear map. That all came from this, this team in Paris of a hundred designers and producers um, and why their games are all really similar, you know, in terms of structure and uh, you know, now it's like live service games, loot shooters that all comes from this team and Ubisoft has decided to shake things up and they're going to redesign the team so they can start having more unique video games and diversify their library, which is something they feel after the disappointing sales of the Division 2 and uh, Breakpoint, mm-hmm. they need to do something because they can't just keep doing this. Um so uh, I, I, I'm all for this because uh, I, I could never really get into an Ubisoft game the last couple of years. You know, I used to, you know, play their games consistently. 
uh, but all their games kind of had the same structure, you know, from Watch Dogs to, you know, Division 2 they and Breakpoint. They all kind of have that same vibe of just like, hey, go to an area. It's, you know, it's either going to be like a tower or something, a base, take it over, clear the map, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that it had that I enjoyed was like, like I, I, I had fun with like the gunplay of Far Cry versus the gadgetry of Watch Dogs. In terms of like the the game mechanics, you know, but if you really like pulled away and looked at it, like a lot of stuff was similar. Like you could say like using the drones and Ghost Recon is just like using the Eagle in Assassin's Creed and, um, you know, lots of you can definitely see similarities. Um, but at the same time, I don't blame them because at you know certain point in times, like the sales reflected that it was working for a while. I mean, Assassin's Creed's Odyssey's has been considered one of the better Assassin's Creed games. Um, the Far Cry 5 game sold, like, it was like a top 5 or top 7 NPD for the year it came out. Um, Division did really well. Um, you know, some of those, you know, Assassin, like I said, mentioned before, like, just the Assassin's Creed series had, you know, has likes to it. What I also feel like this means is hopefully this means new IPs. Because you can't really call something Far Cry 6 and go in a completely new creative direction. Yeah, I, they, they, and they have some new IPs they can play with. Uh, it, but you're right. Uh, on your earlier point, they had success with a lot of these games. It wasn't until this year, you know, like or, or 2019. I I forget we're in 2020 still. Uh, <clears throat> there was a Far Cry game that came out last year, and most people forgot. You know, I know mm-hmm. I did. Um. Breakpoint, you know, came out, came and went super fast uh, to the point where people didn't really even care about, like, you know, give Ubisoft time. This is what they do. They release an underwhelming game and then they make it great, you know, like six months a year down the road. And Breakpoint which ironically, was, which ironically, based on Division 2's last like couple state of the games that they released, it sounds like they're they're doing some really cool things with within the Division 2 now to bring mm-hmm. the player base back. Now, is it going to work? Like, we'll have to find out, like, in a month or so. Yeah, and, like, Division 2, it, like, it sounds like it's doing well, but it's just, it's not doing crazy well, you know? Like, Division 1 had, like, impressive, impressive stuff happening with it that, like, really got that fan base going, and that fan base is just dwindled. Uh, and it's probably a little bit to do with this competition out there. Like, you can't, you, you, you can't just... Be like, don't worry. We'll, we'll this game will be good in six months to a year anymore. You like, it's great when that happens, but you you kind of have to hit the ground running mm-hmm. and try and maintain that as much as possible. And it just seems like they just haven't been able to do that with their their library in 2019, uh, and that probably played in the part why they delayed, you know, pretty much all of their games. Uh, though there's probably not much they can do with the games they delayed because they're already so far into development. Uh, but it's just... Uh, I'm, I'm happy to see some new things coming. Um, especially like Assassin's Creed. Like uh, Origins, really popular. Everyone liked it. Odyssey came out. It was good. It did similar things. But they're, you know, it just didn't have the same buzz that the previous game went to, so... We're probably going to get, what is it, Assassin's Creed Ragnarok is the rumor uh, mm-hmm. for, for this year. Maybe that gets, you know, pushed back too so they can restructure it and look at it. Because those Assassin's Creed games just felt like they were just getting bloated. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what's hard, though, is like the same conversation we've been having about Microsoft purchasing all those studios. Like Ubisoft has their own press conferences at E3, and I would presume that they're going to have their own press conference again, either, either at E3 or around that time frame, you know, because... Um, and if they are going the route of new IPs or, you know, like, yeah, they can show off, like, some more Watch Dogs Legions. They can show off Legion. They can show off um, the other game, the cell shaded game. I can't even think of the name of it that they that they de- delayed. Um, and, the, you know, I saw something about the guy that one of the initial producers or Splinter Cell left Ubisoft and has come back again recently. So there's a bunch of things going there. But at the same time, like... If they announce a new IP based on, you know, the information we have now in late January and they announce a new IP at E3 in June, like, you can't expect that game until late 2021. Yeah, no, you you probably wouldn't expect, especially because they delayed so many of their games. They don't want to cannibalize their own fan base. Okay, I think your mute button's messed up, man. Uh-oh, that's not good. Is that better? Keep talking. Talking, talking, talking. Okay, yeah. The last couple times you've unmuted, it's been a couple seconds of you cutting in and out. Oh, okay, my bad. All right, uh, but like I was saying, it's... Like you said, the uh, the games that they announce, it's probably going to be 2021, 2022, just because they delayed so many of their games for this holiday. That will probably be holiday spring. Uh... So, yeah, we're, anything that does come from this or comes from E3 is probably going to be like a year to two, maybe even three years out before we yeah. see anything happen. I would love to see their, if their structure is going to change. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, the, the God of Wars and the controls of the world and the Spider-Mans have shown that it's okay. Like, one and done games still survive and they still do well. And they win awards and they sell well. I, I would I would love to see them not try to think about what are people going to do in seven months in our game? Like, okay, like just make a cool 20 hour, 25 hour campaign that has a great beginning, a great middle and a great end. Yeah. But unfortunately it's like Sony's fine with just those sales companies like Ubisoft to this point have just been like, well, we need to make sure we get that day one sale and then we get, you know, money for however long we keep this game running after that. Yeah, but I don't want to see Splinter Cell as a live service game. I don't either. Uh, it just that just might be how it's going to happen with you know some of these Ubisoft games. But maybe this is the change they made where they did see the success of Spider Man, God of War, uh, and they take that chance, or at least you know diversify it enough. Like you don't, it, it can't be healthy for a company like Ubisoft to have like three or four live service games at a time. Especially when you're going people. after the same player. Yeah, like you, you, you're, you have like three looter shooters out at the same time. It's, there's only so many people that are going to want to play that. And then if you're, you know, releasing content, like I can't play more than like just two regular shooters at a time, really. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've been playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I've had no time to play Overwatch or really anything else just because just not how my brain functions where I can just like switch from, you know, first person shooter to first person shooter. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, you know, if I was really into looter shooters, like, I mean, you are, you know, like destiny takes yeah. up, you know, that space for you, but trying to balance like destiny and division two, I, I know that's been difficult for you when those games are, you know, have, have content around the same time. 
there was a certain point in time where there was at least it was a lull in Destiny, but I had on my table I had Destiny two, Anthem, and Division two. Yeah, <laughs> which is you know like and some games are just aren't going to get the attention, and then uh, I know you the games really... that have the better systems are going to get the attention yeah. though. I meant in terms of the the better draw or the where the friends are playing like. When I, you know, I, I have a lot of friends that enjoyed, you know, Division Two and that enjoyed Breakpoint and that enjoyed, you know, the little bit of what it was with Anthem. But when I turn my system on and they're either playing Destiny or they're playing, you know, their single player games that they're trying to get caught up on, they're not playing Division Two, they're not playing Anthem, they're not playing Breakpoint. Yeah, and then you add the factor of, you know, all of those live service games. Uh, most of them, at least, want some sort of microtransaction commitment from you. And then you have to make the choice of like, am I going to really put money into all three games or, you know, three, four live service games that are out there? And realistically, am I going to put money into all those games? No, you're going to lean towards the game you're putting the most time in or your friends are at. So Ubisoft going this route just kind of makes sense for them to just try something different. Or if you're going to do live service games, don't don't have them overlap, you know, like Division 2 and Breakpoint came out at separate times of the year. But if you want Division 2 to be last, long, long-lasting, long putting out Breakpoint within the first, like, six months of that game is bad for both games. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> hopefully, Ubisoft figures it out. We get some more unique games um, from them. And just shorter games. You know, the only reason I didn't touch Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey is because it was like, oh, Origins is, like, a 50 to 100-hour game, and Odyssey is, like, a 100-hour game minimum you know if you want to do most of the things it's just like no, i can't no fuck that just mm-hmm. just give me a 20 hour game please right yeah but uh that that's all i have uh for the news unless some games get delayed before we finish the show <laughs> all right so uh what we're playing and watching um i'll go first uh so I've been, I was messing around a little bit with In Destiny, like that secret quest came out that involved like a puzzle, and I realized very early on that that puzzle is not anything that I want to be a part of. It took them seven days to solve it. 4,000 unique pieces of some hexagonal math. Um, it, it was fascinating to watch kind of as the community was trying to help, and it, it was a huge benefit to a lot of streamers. Like, like you know, you and I talk about streaming all the time, like a upper tier streamer for destiny that's known for being world's first for a lot of things like he had a really really good week i mean this this his his stream wanted him to go to sleep because of how much he was playing he was playing but he didn't really want to stop streaming and uh people watched him sleep that's weird took a yeah he took a nap for like four hours and he still had a sub train going of like 400 or 450 subs during that time frame of him sleeping and I mean, he turned all of his lights off, and he did everything. You know, he put a, he he uh, pointed a webcam where he sleeps, and and he went to sleep. Um, and there was people like working, like non-streamers working on things, and there was huge spreadsheets going on, and it, it was interesting to see the community do it. But that puzzle was too complex. I feel like for, um, it was too much. What I what I say is out of game stuff. Like that was like like in, inputting information into a spreadsheet. Um, versus trying to just figure it out in game, like it's it was just kind of crazy, and then the reward Bastion. didn't seem yeah it wasn't it, it, the reward was something that was already on the roadmap for that was supposed to be coming out in a couple weeks, and my only guess is that when Bungie developed this puzzle, I don't think that they anticipated 
either people figuring it out like they did or doing the strategy that they did where they had one person in an, in an instance and they had people joining and then taking a picture of what they saw and then leaving and new people joining and taking a picture and then they would take those pictures and upload them and then people would enter those into spreadsheets and it ended up putting this map together of, like I said, over like 5,000 unique nodes <laughs> that, that generated one long maze path. Um, but... It, it it's cool. Like the game was in a in a spot in a spot where it was kind of lull and 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 down, um, in terms of things to do in the game, and like not a lot of people were talking about it. And you know this kind of rushed it into into the spotlight again, to where like even like you knew what was kind of going on, you know, from afar, that like you knew yeah. that there was something happening in the game that was requiring a lot of involvement, enough that it hit your socials, right? Yeah, well, we follow some similar people, uh, yeah. but yeah, it was. I was more in most having the most fun with just people speculating. I like. I bet the reward is shit. Like, yeah. I bet the reward isn't going to be worth it. And got you know from my end of like the the Destiny fandom, mixed kind of mixed reactions on what the reward ended up being. Uh, but it was cool to see some of that unfold especially when i it was first happening and i would just see you know like this this like blots people are like oh i think i got it you know we're getting yeah. close and then i would just the see hexagon this, yeah. yeah i would just see like five hexagons in a cluster and i'm just like mm, okay yeah but I know it, it was it was definitely that. really weird um and then yeah like it sucks that the reward was something that was already on the map and then you know it's it started a conversation of like is Bungie putting too much information out on their roadmaps in terms of like what they're doing? You know, are they not, you know, are they thinking that, Hey, this is cool. Like you get this early and the community's like, well, we didn't want that early. We wanted something new. We already knew that that was coming, you know? So it's, it's, it's in a weird, it's, it's again, like I said all the time, like they can't, they can't win no matter what they do. Oh no. Like, no so, um, you know, like they got crap for like, you know like two weeks ago they got crap for that exotic quest being too short and now people are like well this was very complex and then the reward is something we already knew about and it's like uh what do you want like (laughs) you know ultimately i've come to the realization with with their guns and their weapons and things like there's only so many things you can do to a hand cannon or to a pulse rifle or to a shotgun like you can't like do anything else like Unless they start introducing like ridiculous amounts of arch- different weapon archetypes to this game, it's always going to have a little bit of a loot problem of a hand cannon is a hand cannon is a hand cannon. Yeah. So, and I don't want it to turn into Borderlands where I have a gun that shoots hamburgers. Like that's not what I want from a Destiny game. Are you sure? Like that sounds pretty <laughs> cool. What if it shoots shoots out like Dinklebots? Like. <laughs> So again, the, the the things they're playing with with the time and and you know like brief spoiler is like this the the whole end of this chain is that you're essentially at your grave, the guardian. You like as they you've been messing with these corridors of time. Like you're essentially like almost attending your funeral, where Saint Fourteen was talking about you. Um, so I think that's part of like why we were trying to like break the chain or something like that. I don't know what long term impact that's going to have in the game. Um, I'm really curious to how they're going to tie the things that are happening in this season to what's going to be starting of the basis of next season. Like, that'll be fascinating. Like, Saint-14 as a character has been very beloved in the franchise so far, and, the, and, and then him appearing in the game now is really cool. And for them to possibly just take him away, like, where it's just like, okay, that's part of the Season of Dawn content, and now he's gone. Like, I think that 
they would have a the community would have a big problem with that. Yeah. Um, I messed around a little bit with um, the, uh, not very many other games. I downloaded Dead Cells. I need to re-up Origins. I want to finish Jedi Fallen Order. Um, but we had a little bit of sickness going through the house and, um, you know, personal levels. Like my wife and I joined a gym this week. So trying to get that into a little bit of our own routine. They opened up a gym like a mile from my house. So like a Planet Fitness. Um so, like, we started that a little bit. Um, I did watch on TV, on Netflix, I watched uh, Six Underground, um, the uh, the Ryan Reynolds action show, that oh, or okay. action movie that's on Netflix. It was okay. I'm glad it's on Netflix. Yeah, um, that's what I heard from a lot of people. It's like, eh, yeah. it's okay. I had a hard time following exactly what was going on. It looks like they might be trying to set up multiple movies, maybe. So, I mean... Ryan Reynolds is a good character, is a good actor, and the character he played was interesting. The action was cool. I, I believe it's directed by Michael Ryan, Bay. Did he just play Ryan Reynolds? Uh, actually, he played like somebody that knew how to like handle himself like with with weapons and guns, but he played like a rich inventor. Okay, because I feel so. like Ryan Reynolds in most movies is just playing Ryan Reynolds, and it's just like that's kind of what you hire him for, but it can right. be kind of like annoying. Yeah, um, I did end up watching. Um, what did I just watch today? Um, I can't even remember. <laughs> um, crap. I watched a little bit more. Like I came across Moneyball again um, with the Billy Bean Oakland A story. So I yeah. was I didn't finish that. But I literally just watched something. This oh um, damn it, my memory is just terrible. Um, uh, Men in Black International. That's it. Oh okay. So that's why you that forgot. was on. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so that was, again, it was just a continuation on the Men in Black series, Aliens, some pretty interesting action, some cool weapons, but it was fine. Like, I don't feel like I wasted any time out of my day. Um, my wife and I caught up on our, a couple of our basic shows, like SWAT and NCIS, um, and um, that's pretty much it. So, uh, Mine is uh, continuing to watch Sarah play The Witcher. Uh, it's still taking up, like, a lot of my time just because it's... When I had to review the game, I had like 10 days to get the game, you know, finished or close to finished and then written uh, to hit an embargo. So I skipped a lot of the side quests and I've just been watching her play and she's put like like 60, 70 hours into the game and is like kind of almost nowhere near the end of the game just because she has the time to take all the side quests. So I'm just getting to see, you know ton of shit that i've never seen before in the game and seeing what like a properly leveled up Geralt is as opposed to mine who <laughs> by the time i hit end game just, just you know just to get you know to the embargo date my Geralt had the most mismatched outfit you know just like just scrapping everything i can in a short period of time as opposed to hers which is like being properly leveled up you know having proper costume and weapons and you know just being able to take your time with that it's just been interesting to see the game played more thoroughly um so then why she's playing that i've just been on the switch um still doing tetris 99 i haven't won uh since i started to play tetris 99 again uh which is a shame because i won a couple games you know when a game first came out but people that are still playing it now are on god tier and i just can't i can't hang like the closest i've gotten was like 
top 10. Uh, but that's, like, why, that's why they're still playing it, because they're good at it. The ones that aren't have stopped. <laughs> yeah, and it just sucks, though, because, you know, as soon as I get into the top 10, I'm just like, I, I start having, like, a, you, know, you start getting, like, nervous, like, oh, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, and then I fuck up and mm-hmm. get, get sad. Um, I, I dabbled with Smash Brothers a little bit just because uh, they announced the, the last character for the season one pass, fighter pass. Uh, which is another Fire Emblem character, which, of course, made the internet angry because it's, like, one of, like, several Fire Emblem characters now in the game. So I was just dabbling with that. I don't have the Fighter Pass, but I was just like, oh, maybe I should just buy it just so I can have, like, the complete version of the game. So I started to play Smash Brothers a little bit. <laughs> the online still wasn't great, which immediately, you know, just made me like, maybe I don't buy the, the Season Pass just because... It's not often that I have, like, a bunch of people over or, like, have... Or, like, when I hang out with my friends, it's, like, we're not at my apartment, you know, where we right. go out and meet somewhere. So, it's just, like, hey, yeah. if I'm going to spend a $20, $24 on a season pass, realistically, I'm going to play Smash Brothers, since the online isn't that good, with my friends in person maybe a couple times a year. So, I might just wait for a sale. And I'm still trash at Smash Brothers. So that that also helps a little bit. Um, and then I finally uh, played Halo Reach for the first time. Um, did not have any controller issues. I was just able to use my <laughs> my Astro controller, plug and play, no issues. Uh, Good for you. Yeah, the only issue I had is, from what I understand, with Master Chief Collection, you should be able to turn off, you know, like the filter of like original game and like the hd version of the game or you know like the, wow. the remake version of the game uh mine was just stuck on the the new version you know the the hd remastered version so i couldn't look at what it used to look like when i would toggle that in the menus it just wouldn't work for whatever reason it, it you just... on pc what are you playing on pc or yeah on console? i'm playing yeah. on pc um right which is one of the reasons why I tend to lean more console is this, there's always some sort of bullshit with, you know, PC versions of everything. Yeah. You know, like, you couldn't get your controller that should have worked to work. Uh, technically, the controller I have is very similar to yours. Mine just worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I can't toggle some of the options. My my computer just kind of maxes everything out to where it's just like, no, you're playing on Ultra with uncapped frame rate and it's like no can i cap the frame rate no won't let me i'm just uncapped so i might have to like delete the game and re-download it but otherwise i've just been playing uh halo reach here and there uh the game looks good despite being you know like an, an older game but it's been remastered so um i'm slowly remembering why i'm not like the biggest halo fan in the world or when i tried to play it previously i just couldn't get into it uh just as the mission structure and you know the cinematics just don't do much for me um and sadly i i tried to hop on the multiplayer that is available uh and i just couldn't find a match i would just sit in the lobby for like 10 minutes in matchmaking um and couldn't find a game See now what i wonder though is that because i'm assuming you're playing it through game pass right yeah which is uh i have a feeling uh, but continue yeah it's uh, do you think that they're only connecting you with xbox launcher players and not steam players yep that's uh, that's exactly what i think is happening uh which would be the first time a pc game has done that to where it's just like i know people are playing the multiplayer uh, i see people streaming it 
uh, but they're they're probably using the stream version. I'm using the Game Pass version through the Xbox Store. So maybe yeah, I just I, I guess that would be the other thing that I would wish is that the integration like Steam would know that I have Game Pass and let me play a game that's available. Yeah. You know? Like, or, you know, on Microsoft side, just connect the servers because it is possible. You can cross-play with Steam. Uh, mm-hmm. Just something. Just because, like, right now when I try and connect to a multiplayer game, because I tried multiple times, like, every time I, you know, played Halo Reach this weekend, I would load up the multiplayer tab and then pick a playlist and then just let it run for five, ten minutes and wouldn't get anything. So unless the multiplayer is not available right now, then why wouldn't they just gray it out like the rest of the Master Chief collections grayed out? Right. I have no idea. Uh, so that's been uh, a little disappointing. I don't know if I'm going to continue playing Halo Reach. I might just wait for the rest of the games to come out. Just take, you know, Halo 1, 2, 3 and do that. Uh, just to get the original trilogy uh, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't grabbing me right away, which I mean actually surprises a lot of people because of how much I like Bungie as a developer. Like, but Halo just didn't. Uh, I mean, I I had the controller problems, and I mean, I need to go back. But I mean, there's nothing that was like happened even in the beginning of that game that was like, oh, I want to see what's happening next. You know? Yeah, it, it, same same thing with me. Um, so that that's it, uh, gaming wise. I I watched uh like the first like. 40 minutes of the uh, Aaron Hernandez documentary that just hit I watched list. two episodes of that too. I'm sorry. I forgot. Yeah. So I, I didn't finish the first episode. I, I think the episodes are quite long. Uh, from... Yeah. They're like an hour and 20 a piece or something. Yeah. So I, I watched a little bit of that uh, and it was just kind of explaining to Sarah. I'm like, this was like huge news back then. Sarah doesn't, you know, follow sports or anything. Uh, so I got her watching that with me, uh, and I was just like, yeah, this was, like, really big news, because, like, he was just in the Super Bowl, the Patriots were going to play in a Super Bowl during the trial, it, it was, like, a whole thing. Uh, so just watching that. Um, don't know how I feel about those uh, opening credits for the episodes. Uh, yeah, they're, like, trying to, like, make him out to be, like, like a great person. Like, the music and the, and the images that they're showing him. Like, I've had a problem with that, too. I'm like, okay, this is, a like, somebody that murdered three people. Or one person, right? Well, uh, oh, you yeah, have yeah. to get you have to get farther. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's crazy though. Like I, I'm like, uh, I'm I, when I first you know put it on and I got the opening credits, I'm just like, mm, this is like a weird opening credit. Like this is an opening credit you do for like a TV show based on fictional things, not you know like like if this was you know a fictional TV show, those opening credits would be fine. But like because it's a real person, I was like watching open credits. Like, oh, I don't know what what, what how I feel about any of this. Um, but yeah, I'll probably continue uh, watching that here and there. Uh, and then uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm came back on Sunday. Uh, I, I loved watching that show. It's crazy. I thought about it, uh, even though they're only in their tenth season. The show's been on for twenty years, but Larry David can just tell HBO whenever he wants. Like, hey, I'm gonna make a season, and HBO's like, sure, fuck it, let's go. Uh, so I realized that like two thirds of my life I've been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. So I've just been like cherry picking old episodes uh, in leading up to uh, the new episode that was on Sunday, which uh, was really good. Uh, I just like that, you know, HBO kind of lets Larry David just do whatever the fuck he wants, uh, whenever he wants to do it. Uh, so watching that. Um, and that's, that's kind of it. It's just been like a lot of Witcher and then me playing games on my switch. So um, I'm curious. Cause I know that you, 
you pay attention to sports, and I think if you had to rank your sports in order, I think baseball or basketball is like one and two for yeah. you, right? Yeah. Okay. You want to talk about the Astros? Yeah. So okay, let's talk about the Astros, man. Like, holy <laughs> shit. The, the fallout in general. Okay, so for those of you that I'm, I'm sure there's a decent player base there, or uh, listeners that don't really pay attention to sports. Houston Astros, Major League Baseball team based out of Houston, Texas. In 2017, um, they Major League Baseball did this investigation to where they are – the players have been allegedly stealing signs through the – using computer monitors like the television broadcasts. Um, and so there'd be a player in the dugout watching the TV. He would tell somebody else what they think the pitch is, and he would physically beat a trash can mm-hmm. in, in a certain order. And um, and this was done through most – it sounds like through the investigation that this, this was mostly led – the ringleaders of this was um, some of the bench coaches and the managers for the Houston Astros. So there's been all this speculation about everything going on and the investigation was going on. And then we heard that the commissioner was going to make a ruling this earlier in the week. And he, he made a ruling and he, he suspended the general manager and the manager of the Houston Astros for an entire season. He fined the team, the maximum amount of money that he's allowed to find them, which is $5 million. And he took away first round and second round draft picks in the 2020 and the 2021 draft. Like he essentially dropped a bomb on this franchise and then, so this was happening like on a Monday or Tuesday, like at like one or two o'clock Eastern time. So then it was reported that the Houston Astros uh, owner was going to speak and the Houston Astros have had some weird things going on with their upper management anyways of like their assistant general manager having problems with women and all this stuff has been going on. Um, and the, the Astros owner had always kind of been like pro his, his, uh, his hires. Like he was always backing the people that he hired. Um, he came out and he fired both of the manager and these and the and the general manager. He goes, I don't care what Major League Baseball said, you're fired. <laughs> um, so that kind of was like the 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 suspension happening was a little bit of a shock, and then the 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 firing happened was a little bit of a shock, and then it kept kind of snowballing. So I know that I'm so there was a guy, Alex Cora. He was the or I think is it Alex Cora? Like yeah, is it Cora and yeah, Beltran? Both. Right, but is Cora like the guy that used to play second base for the White Sox? Um. Or no, that's Joey Cora. Yeah, that's true. So, okay. So anyway, Alex Cora was the bench coach for the Houston Astros in 2017, and he became the manager of the Boston Red Sox in 2018. The Boston Red Sox won the World Series in 2018. He was also deemed to be a ringleader of this uh, sign-stealing thing. It sounds like he is going to be suspended by Major League Baseball, so Boston and him released a statement mutually saying that they parted ways. Boston fired him. (laughs) <laughs> because Major League Baseball told him <laughs> he's about to get slammed. Um, and then the only real player that was named in the in the report is Carlos Beltran, who just like a month ago got hired by the New York Mets to be their manager, and he resigned. And Same thing. I think they gave him the out. <laughs> and the best part of the Beltran thing, his unverified relative on Twitter just going off... Uh, with like more information of uh, just throwing other people under the bus, which uh, that Twitter account is now gone. And the, the speculation is that's an actual Astros player. Yes. Um, <laughs> Not his niece. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the fact that it was portraying to be his niece and it was a former player is just like, Oh my God, I can't wait for the book on this. Oh, I can't wait yeah. for the movie. Um, so, 
I guess my question to you is, being a baseball fan as you are, and I'm a baseball fan as I am, I, I, I want to ask you, like, how do you feel about Major League Baseball saying, it's okay to steal signs if you're standing on second base and you're rubbing the top of your head to tell the batter that it's a fastball, but you can't steal signs using technology. Like, that's against the rules. I would be fine with that being the ruling because I think you're Do you never... consider it gamesmanship or sign stealing? Um, <clears throat> so, I, I'm, I'm against, like, the idea that they were, like, using... Like video feeds to and the re- and the replay booth and yeah, stuff like that. Th- yeah, that yeah. that's fucked up. There was a couple, uh, like probably like five ten years ago, where one of the teams, I think it was the Texas Rangers, were using like their their scoreboard to kind of signal people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they well, got, teams were using Apple watches too. Yeah, um, the I don't think you're gonna ever stop like someone on second base from tipping. Uh, the hitter because that's going to be impossible to like figure out unless you know you just make them immediately put their hands in their pockets and tell them not to blink <laughs> ghost uh, runners you can't stand on the base yeah <laughs> you, you 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 hit a ball and then you put a bot on the base and, and <laughs> like you can't stop that but like the, the using the video feeds um there's the buzzer stuff that now people are like yeah. over analyzing like the world series video which which major league baseball has said that they've investigated but yeah but holy shit, has there been a lot of good like zoom ins on stuff of just like, man, that shit yeah. looks a little off. And like <laughs> when uh, one of the Astros players was interviewed and he kept yelling at his teammates not to fuck with his shirt. Don't take my shirt off. And then, yeah. you know, he had to play it off in an interview being like, oh, no, my wife. Doesn't well, no, like they, that. they so so he hit a game winning home run. And he was running around and his team was there and you saw him like grabbing his jersey and you could like you could almost see him like mouth like don't take my jersey off. And I think it's like I got a piece on or something like that. Yeah. And then he had just like got them to the World Series or and and then he immediately runs in the dugout like he like he he touches home and then Altuve runs into the dugout and then he pops out wearing like a championship T-shirt like two minutes later. Yeah. So, (laughs) So many odd and suspicious things. Yeah, and then that picture of, like, one of the players with, like, having a tank top on and that tape, like, right on his collarbone. Yeah. (laughs) Which a lot of players do, like, some sort of, you know, that medical tape thing where they'll put that on, which is, like, completely, like, reasonable thing for him to have. But, like, it's still suspicious as fuck. And then you have just, like, on social media all the players that had to play against the Houston Astros. Um, I was watching this morning a video where you can clearly hear the trash can every time someone signed in the background, but you needed like headphones to hear it. Uh, and then one of the pitchers that were in the videos, uh, blue Jays pitchers, uh, pitcher was just like, motherfucker. I knew something was going on. Cause I was throwing some of my best stuff that day and I got lit up and it was just like, <laughs> and you hear the trash can and it just, now it's just put doubt and like for the last yeah, like, two, three years. I, I think it sounds terrible. Like what these, some of these players are coming out and saying like, well, my stats against the Astros should at, at in, in Houston should be like erased and blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, you guys played in the steroid era. Everybody was like, it's just another one of those things that was going on in yeah. the game. But like, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not, you know, and, and the fact of the matter is like, whether it's gamesmanship and, and the use of technology is, is bad. And to cheat with which, which, which it sounds like what they were doing, but, like ultimately, 
from a baseball game as a standpoint, like, yeah, I can maybe know what the pitch is, but it doesn't mean that I, you know, I still have to be pretty damn talented to hit the ball exactly where I want in the situation that I want yeah. and not pop it up. And, you know, I don't think that, that did it help them win the World Series? Sure. Were they already a talented enough team that probably didn't need that? Yes. Yeah, but now we will never know because mm-hmm. the extent of the cheating, and it's one of those things where we will never know the true extent of the, the cheating because it's either... We have to. We would have to accept everything MLB is telling them, telling us at face value, and it's one of those things where it's just like MLB might not want to blow up the last couple seasons. Uh, so they might. Well, they've to... they've already shown what what happens when you come out of the steroid era and you handle it terribly. Yeah. So they're they're trying not to essentially have another. You know, like so they don't want a sign stealing era. Yeah, and now they're kind of in that era. What do you think about taking the World Series away from the Astros? No. Right, you just put an asterisk on it, right? Like the, not even not even that. Like the black kind of one of those. No, yeah, just, it's kind of just one of those known things. Like it's, you know, it's no different than you know who you know all the players taking steroids. Like everybody knows, like Barry Bonds is the home run leader, but not yeah. in some people's eyes. Like so, it's the same problem I have with college football, though. Like taking that title away from USC years ago, like you can't physically take away what I saw with my own eyes. Yeah. Like, it, it just it just the the real victims are the Dodgers who may have had two World Series appearances just like uh, stolen from them, but yeah, it's just been crazy. I've just loved watching, especially I'm excited for this season of baseball because the White Sox have like signed so many players and mm-hmm. have a shot for the Central this year. Uh, so going into the season, I'm already excited for that, and now with this controversy, I'm like also like even more excited because it's just like man. The Astros are going to get chewed out every stadium they go to. Like, wait till the Astros have to go back to the Dodgers. You know, right? It's going to be it's going to be fun watching all that unfold. Yeah. All right. I just had I hadn't really talked to him about that, so I know that he likes baseball, so I had to get his take on that. So it's been kind of fascinating to see it, like watch it on ESPN and everything. Yeah. All right. So we're going to jump into questions. So. Um, uh, OMG Cornholio sends it using hashtag Ask Digital Days. Uh, he is the host of a Destiny podcast that I was on last week. Um, it's the same one I was on multiple months ago in March, uh, the Destiny show. Um, I don't think it's out yet at the time of this rec- uh, live stream, um, but when it is, I will tweet it. But if you guys want to hear me kind of you know, go you know super, super deep into Destiny, like that's, that's where you'll hear it at. So... Uh, he sends us a question. He goes, what do you think about the Cyberpunk delay that was recently announced? Will this benefit the game for the players? Will this de- delay reduce crunch for the developers? Will Okay, so will it benefit the game for the players? Absolutely. Any more, any, anytime there's more time to work on a game, it's beneficial to the players. Uh, will this delay reduce crunch for the developers? No, they've already said it won't. <laughs> yeah, it's just more, more crunch for them, which is sad. The industry we live in. Uh, I mean, do you think it'll benefit the players? Obviously, like I think you oh, do. Oh, for right? sure. Yeah. Uh, like the 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 more bugs they can stamp out, the better. Uh, more time is just going to be helpful. Like I don't think there's anything bad that can come from a game getting delayed, unless it gets de- delayed indefinitely. Uh, like Dying Light may have been. Uh, right. More more time is going to help, especially when you have like an open world game. Like, please take all the time in the world. Uh, and then hopefully your day one patch isn't as big as your actual game because you had this extra time because that always bums me out. 
Yeah. So, and then Chip uh, sent us a question, I believe, on the Facebook group. Um, although a little disappointing, I have no problems with the game delay. Right, this is more of a statement, actually. So, although a little disappointing, I have no problems with the game delays. I'd rather they take extra time to get the game right. Also, I'd like to think that it means more work slash life balance for the various studios, employees. Uh, we've all heard about the crazy hours that they can be forced to work at crunch time. Also, my pile of shame stares at me whenever I ignore it for a new game. So I think, like, maybe for Final Fantasy, like, they might have been able to, to get a little bit more breathing room to, to work on, like, the couple little things that they're trying to work on. I feel like Final Fantasy VII's delays might have had to do with um, production problems, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, we've heard Because usually when you get a three to six week delay, it has a lot to do with production. They're not really getting very much more done in those in those four weeks. Um, the one yeah. that I learned a lot about that was like Uncharted 4 when it got that delay that was like almost out of their control like this, the company that Sony had contracted out to essentially make the discs was having a problem yeah usually it's just when it's a short delay like a couple weeks it's just maybe they can tweak and work on their day one patch but very little is done with that it's just, it's just a production thing where there's like printing discs special editions collector's editions uh, so it's nothing, nothing crazy from that. Uh, but there probably will still be crunch, uh, just because though yeah. there's probably gonna be a huge day one patch for that game. Um, and then uh, on Twitter, uh, Carnathis, uh, I've seen a lot of talk of all the recent delays are because of poor management. Is it really that simple? I've always assumed that a couple of months could just be getting rid of pol- it could just be getting rid of polishing the game up more. Um, when. <sighs> So, yes and no with the poor management thing. I I feel why we get these delays is because management announces games too early. Uh, be it, you know, they want to be at E3 or Gamescom or they want to hold a special event. And they pull the trigger way too soon. We hear about games way, way too soon. And then games feel obligated developers publishers feel obligated like okay if we're gonna announce three years out we gotta throw like a date on here or we need to have a special event for when we announce the date and that's when we get into delay reasons like their timeline sometimes could just be made arbitrary regardless of like the actual work that needs to be put in they're like all right let's target march and then they start development on something you know and realize three months out like ah shit we're not gonna be able to hit this date that we felt we needed to put on it so during our earnings call investors can feel good about investing in our company or fans at the fan event yeah i definitely felt like cd project red had pressure to date it at the xbox press conference yeah you know they had keanu reeves on stage they announced keanu reeves in the game and you know like they were like you know and that was the talk of e3 for like a couple of days some cyberpunks getting that getting that release date because there was still speculation that people thought it might have not even come to this gen um so yeah i i mean I, I agree with you like i think that and that's another reason like we talked about last week with sony going you know what forget e3 like we're going to talk about our stuff when we want to talk about our stuff yeah you know? uh, and that's probably better management and you know like you refer you referenced uncharted you know for uh you know the blood sweat and pixels books is where like that came from and uh you hear about that all the time where it's just you know developer publisher relationship that's like putting these dates and the developers do their best what they can but the publisher's funding it so 
they kind of just have to go based on like whatever the publisher says and try their best and no feel the pressure like they got you know they got Keanu Reeves last year on the Xbox stage uh they had a huge billboard that they took you know over the LA Convention Center uh and a billboard looks better with a release date on it than without mm-hmm. one so yeah it's kind of like poor management is I, might be too strong, but it's definitely like a business decision for all these delays because they announced just way too early now, um, which I think we'll have less of as like E3 dies uh, and companies just have their own events where they can control their message more and don't have to worry about like, you know, putting on a big show or press conference and feel pressure to put a date. They can just go at their own pace. Um, cause it does look bad every time you have to de- delay a game. Uh, I'm happy about it just cause of same reasons as chip is like my backlog. My pile of shame is getting ridiculous. Right. Yeah. So, um, Randy Pinnock said, did you guys check your 2019 PSN wrap up? If so, were there any surprising facts or interesting details? Uh, hashtag ask DDG for me, my total number of hours are embarrassing. high. Also, I was very reluctant to purchase NHL 19, and I put 174 hours into that. More than even Red Dead Redemption 2, which was 114 hours. My total hours were 2,454 hours. Um, I think those stats are kind of cool. I think that they're off. Um, so, like I said, I didn't put PSVR on this year, and I know I did. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, there's, you know, and then it talked about number of hours online was substantially less than the number of hours that I played Destiny 2, which is only online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those numbers are always interesting to look at. And, you know, then you look at how much, you know, you're like, wow, that's a lot of time, or that was a lot of games, or I can't believe I spent that much time in that one game. But I think that we as society would just be amazed if we really saw, like, how many hours we spend driving to work. Or how many hours we spend sleeping. Yep. You know, like if you really saw an actual statistical data, like a number of you spent this much time watching television, like you'd probably be very annoyed with yourself. <laughs> so. Yeah, you'd probably be very upset. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yourself. Um, so mine was actually, it showed, um, sorry, the cat's trying to get in the stream. Um, it is showed that I'm playing on different platforms. So previous years, like uh, 2018, I had like a thousand hours, like 500 to a thousand hours in overwatch alone. Um, and this year, my top game or my 2019 list for PS4 was overwatch with 103 hours. And that's my top game. So like I, my time went down significantly on PlayStation as I've been playing on the switch more and my, my, my PC. Um, and overwatch, I kind of stopped playing probably like September ish. And then my second game is Dragon Age Origins, which I replayed with 63 hours or 64 hours. And then Apex Legends, I played 63 hours of. And those are my top three games. Um, So my hours are like way down. Like my trophy amount, I feel like, is pretty high because I dabble in a lot of games on PlayStation just because of the stuff we do. Uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, my PlayStation numbers are down because my, my Switch numbers are up. And my PC numbers are up. Uh, yeah, so it, it says it says something like I, the longest game session I had was 24 hours, and I think that might have been playing for a long time and then leaving the system on. Yeah, those definitely. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I said, with anything else statistically, I think you'd be, uh, you know, you'd be shocked if you start keeping track of it. Um, like I think Google did something like I use their Google maps or location services and they sent me something about the number of trips I made to and from work or something like that. Like it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I get paid to be there, but you look at that data, you're like, oof. Yeah. You look at that commute um, time and you're just like, shit. Yeah. So on Twitter, uh, at drew, uh, Tabori, uh, using hashtag ask DDG, will Sony have to challenge Microsoft in regards to games pass or do they feel exclusives will still carry the start? of the next gen for them. I think that depends on what they have set up for launch. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know how much they care about PS now, uh, to compete with game pass. Cause it seems like they don't really care or they're like satisfied where PlayStation now currently is. Um, yeah, I, I, I honestly have no idea. Um, because we've been asking for a while f- for, you know, PlayStation Now to be bundled with PS Plus in, like, a premium tier. You know, kind of like what Xbox does with the Ultimate Game Pass or whatever. Um, but they haven't. And I don't know if it's just because they're satisfied with PS Now or because the person who's currently in charge of Sony isn't the person that, like, acquired on live and started PS Now. Because we'll see that a lot with corporations where the new regime kind of doesn't care at all about what the old regime did and has no intentions to uphold the previous regimes like work. Uh, They probably won't drop PS now, but it doesn't seem like they're really interested in making it a game pass competitor, especially because game pass Microsoft's not making money off game pass. Like they can't be like, it just wouldn't make sense if they're like actually turning like a heavy profit with game pass. So Sony's probably like, yeah, we could compete with Game Pass, but we would also lose money in that. We're number one right now. What incentive do we have to go after Game Pass? Right. And yeah, I mean, I feel the same way as you do. And I think a lot of it's going to have to do depending on what exclusives they're bringing to the table. Because we know, you know, like like we've talked about at Nausea, we know that any Microsoft exclusive or Microsoft Studio game is going to come to Game Pass. They've set that expectation and they've set that standard. Um, therefore, that also means it's going to come to like a PC. And for the most part, based on what we know already, at least within the first 12 to 16 months of Xbox Series X's launch, it's going to come to the Xbox One family as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that in regards makes, you know, the the allure of getting an Xbox Series X less, at least to me. Now we're, you know, supposedly, you know, maybe two weeks or three weeks out from the alleged launch or announcement of not launch, but the alleged announcement of PS5 and all these other rumors that are speculating around about the backwards compatibility. And and they're even saying that Sony's come out and said the cool stuff is still hasn't been talked about at all yet. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what they're what they're going to do. Do I think that they need a Games Pass competitor? No. Do I think that they need a Games Pass counter? Yes. Yeah. What that is, I don't know. And that you know, and that could be something of just a stellar lineup, or you know, like of like a new Spider-Man game, and you know, like a, a God of War teaser. But they, you know, and only like I think that they need to focus on for success of the PS5. They need to focus on only on PS5, and that's not that's not super consumer friendly. Everybody's saying what Microsoft's doing is super consumer friendly. Um, and I think Microsoft's in the position where they need to be super consumer friendly. 
is Sony in that position? Yes. And I think that the way that they can be consumer friendly is saying, this is the stuff that we want you to play. And this is the only place that you can play it. Yeah. I know on paper, that doesn't sound consumer friendly, but it does give you the reason. Here's what PS5 can do. Here's how much it costs. And here is why you need to get it. And the why needs to be answered. And it, you know, like they, I still you know, have memories of Jack Trenton on that stage of like, you know, like, yeah, it's a meme. But like when he stood on that stage with the PS4 announcements and he just blow by blow by blow knocked down every single thing that Microsoft had announced like 10 hours earlier. Like he just just kind of just cut him off at the knees and then cut yep. him off at the waist and then cut him off at the head. Like it, in within like two minutes, like, can they do that again? I don't know. No, but if yeah. they do, it'll be very interesting. So, yeah, we we don't know if they can do that again, or if they're just you know kind of comfortable where they're at right now. Uh, which I have a feeling they're they're just kind of comfortable where they're at and they're just kind of kind of coasting. So we'll have to see mm-hmm. what's going on uh, with that in the future. Yeah. Like I said, but here's the system and here's why you need it. Like that's that's what I want to see when they announce the PS5. Yeah. All right, um, you got anything that you're spotlighting right now? Um, Kingdom Hearts Three Remind is coming out uh, in a couple of days, so I'm gonna spotlight that, uh, and we'll probably hear me being disappointed with that, like I kind of was with Kingdom <laughs> Hearts Three. Um, I also uh, the Royal Rumble is this upcoming weekend, uh, so I'll be on uh, Too Young to Be This Old's podcast doing a preview of Royal Rumble. So check them out on various podcast services. If you want to hear me talk about wrestling for like an hour or 90 minutes. Um, for me, I would spotlight um, the the Destiny Show podcast that I was on. Like I said, I will link to that through social medias when it is live. Um, and then uh, I also just wanted to spotlight our Twitch channel. So uh, the other day I kind of fell down the rabbit hole looking at statistics. And, and we've done you guys a little bit of a disservice in the month of December and the month of January based on hours streamed. So I'm hoping to to help rectify that and to stream a little bit more for you guys. But what we need from you guys is to know kind of like what you would like to see us stream. Like Michael's doing really, he was doing really good with like some of the indie games. And I know he's trying to focus on it. He was, he, I think he's trying to figure out ultimately a comfortable way to get his switch hooked up to stream. Yeah. Just like, cause I'm so used to playing switch handheld. So streaming from it with the joy cons yeah. and the little shells kind of annoying, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, and then just in general, like, so like the stuff that you guys like would see from us and then also like when you would like to see those from us. And I'm not saying that we're going to be able to do something that accommodates everybody. We know that like our, our typical live stream, like on a Sunday night, isn't the most, you know, time sensitive thing for everybody. I'm aware that, you know, like the NFL playoffs have been going on and they've been drawing a lot of people's attention. I'm aware that in two weeks uh, when we're supposed to do like episode 15, that's on Super Bowl Sunday. So we're going to have to talk about that. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to so... do this during Royal Rumble. So we might have to make a trade of just like, hey, we don't record during yeah. Royal Rumble. Yeah. I won't record during the Super Bowl. Right. Um, you know, just a couple things like that. But, you know, is there like you know, is there a night that you guys want to see, like Michael and I maybe even play a game together, like whether it's, a, you know, Halo or, you know, something, you know, like we can buy a, you know, we can buy a game on Steam or on PlayStation that we can kind of group up and play. Is there a game that you want us to play with you guys? But, um, but we just like, we'd love to hear from you guys, uh, whether it's on the Facebook group, which you can join by just searching Digital Days Gaming, whether it's on Twitter, which you can just tweet at us at Digital Days Pod. You can tweet at me at Good Dave Hunt. You can tweet at Michael at the first MJC. Um, you, you can join the Discord channel. Um, link should be in the show notes. You can, um, uh, 
you know, just like I said, follow us on any of those social medias and just, and then communicate with us. If you want to be in the, the supporter channel on Patreon, like sub to us on Twitch, like, you know, five of you just got subs today from baddest page. He gifted five people subs. You, if you link your discord and your Twitch, Michael, you have access to the supporter only channel, I'm in both Twitch and the discord. So. <laughs> um, so, but you have to link them together to make it work. Ah, okay. So, um, but yeah, again, so like you can you can hang out with us in the supporter only channel. You can hang out just in the general channel on Discord if you're not a supporter. Uh, if you're a Twitch subscriber, you can be in the supporter channel. Patreon subscribers at three dollars are in the the supporter channel. So we'd love to to communicate with you guys. Whether it's you know these conversations that are happening on Facebook are always really cool. Uh, we didn't include it in this week, but like Kevin had a really cool conversation going on in there about Redbox going out of business. Um, I'm not sorry, not Redbox going out of business, Redbox stopping video games and like, where do you, you know, rent games now? And like, yeah. I forget about it as well, but like the library is a valid option for a lot of people, um, to get certain games. So there's conversations like that that are happening in our Facebook group. I'd love to see those conversations happen in, in discord and through Twitter, but that just involves our interaction with you guys and you guys interacting with us and then interacting with each other within the community. So those are things that that are very important to us and and as we grow digital days and making the community open and inviting and and figuring out and i know there's not been a lot of games that are coming out that are drawing a ton of people's attention recently but when something does happen like that's when like our community shines and that's what makes our community as, as cool as it is so um i kind of incorporated that into the social thing as well so again you can get the show at www.digitaldaysgaming.com um, patreon.com slash digital days gaming and then all the other stuff I mentioned the Facebook group the Twitters all that stuff so um, we hope that you guys all have a great week uh, this should not affect release times of the show so you should be listening to this at, at the normal time so everybody have a great week you got anything else Michael? no that's it I have to feed the cats because they're fighting right now so <laughs> alright we'll talk to you guys later See thanks for hanging out <laughs>